0: Welcome, we're so glad to be here with you. Thank you for joining us in our living room and inviting us into yours. If uh, you're on and you don't know us, my name is Sarah and this is Micah and we are the co-lead pastors at the Vine Church here in Kennewick, Washington. And I just want to take a moment from the very beginning to wish you, Micah, Happy Father's Day. Oh,
1: Thank you, very honored. I
0: love this guy and I love watching him (laughs) play with our kids and interact with our kids. He's an amazing dad. So thank you for being such an amazing dad. We also want to acknowledge from the beginning that like, like Mother's Day, Father's Day is complicated for some. And for some, it's a really joyous day. And for others, it's kind of a difficult and painful day. So wherever you're at, if today is joyful, if today is difficult, we just want you to know that we see you, we love you, and we stand with you
1: hmm So for the past uh, couple months, I guess, we've been looking at the words of Jesus, uh, wanting in this season mm-hmm. of unrest and pandemic in our nation uh, to lean heavily into the things that mm-hmm. Jesus had to say to his followers in the first century that are so relevant and applicable in our current circumstances, our lives today. And so uh, today we continue that series as we look at a parable that Jesus told found in Luke chapter 10.
0: Yes, so I'm going to read the first part um, of our story today, starting in verse 25, Luke chapter 10, and it's, it's going to be the parable of the Good Samaritan. So here's the preamble to that parable. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Jesus replied, how do you read it? he answered love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself you have answered correctly jesus replied do this and you will live
1: so an expert in the law approaches jesus with yet another test it's actually a fairly common scenario Mm -hmm. that we read about in the gospels people coming to test jesus now the experts in the law, they were religious leaders, and they were elite individuals in Israelite culture. Uh, they held positions of power mm-hmm. within both the religious and social structures of Israel. And uh, as they translated, as they worked alongside scribes and translators, uh, they were well-studied people. They knew mm-hmm. scripture well, and they played a very important role in the religious and the social life of Israel.
0: And we don't know much about this expert in the law. Uh, All we know is that he stood up to test Jesus. So it's hard to read in the motivation or the tone of that conversation, um, the way it's written. So we don't really know if from the beginning this was a very genuine question that he was asking Jesus, or if this was um, more of a challenge to challenging Jesus's authority to be teaching and his, his knowledge of Scripture. We're not sure. From the beginning what the motivation behind this question was.
1: And so he asked this question, uh, what must I do to uh, inherit eternal mm-hmm. life? Um, and Jesus uh, quite often uh, will answer questions, but even more often uh, chooses to either turn a question back to a person or respond with mm-hmm. a question of his own. And in this case, that's precisely what he does. He says, well, Tell me how you interpret it. He, he turns it back to this uh, expert in the law and says, how do you interpret uh, the Old Testament, the scriptures? And the man quotes two uh, very familiar passages within Israelite culture, uh, one found in Deuteronomy and one in Leviticus, um, both in the Torah. And uh, he quotes these two saying, uh, love God with everything that you have and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And Jesus says, you got it right. Good job. Do this and you will live. I mean, Jesus seemingly concludes the conversation at this moment. Do this and you will live.
0: It's a really simple answer in some Mm -hmm. ways. Not easy, but simple in some ways. You know, and so verse 29, the next verse, it says this. But the, the expert in the law, he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? So... When, this is a really significant point in this story. It's, it's a significant question. Jesus' answer to the man is, is simple. Not easy, but simple. It says, yes, you got it right. Love God and love your neighbor. Just just go do this. And when the expert in the law heard this, especially the latter part, go love your neighbor, he began to feel the need to justify Himself, and he asked this question: Who is my neighbor? To narrow down who he actually needed to love, <laughs> you know, he, he's like, oh, that's way too broad for me. I need I need to narrow this down, like be more specific. Who is my neighbor?
1: And this was a debate within Israel mm-hmm. uh, for some time, and they continued to ask this question. So Jesus, again, rather than uh, directly answering the yeah. question, uh, leans into a parable. He tells a story to illustrate what a neighbor looks like. And so the story continues in verse 30. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that same road, and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil, pouring on oil and wine. Uh, Then he put the man on a donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, and he gave it to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Mm -hmm. Jesus asks the expert in the law, So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him, Jesus told him, go and do likewise.
0: Powerful, powerful story. And and this is a parable. And so it's a story that teaches a spiritual lesson. And like we've done in the past, when we look at parables, it's really good to just look at the individual characters in the story. And so that's what we want to do for for today. Um, The first characters we want to look at is the robbers. The thieves and so there's a traveler um, traveling the road from Jerusalem to Jericho and Jerusalem is up on a mountain And so all the roads leading out of Jerusalem are going are are these mountainous roads going down and they were known to be um, dangerous roads because There were lots of places for people to hide if if someone did want to attack and as Jesus tells this parable these robbers were hiding on the side of the road, and when this traveler comes by, they steal everything from him, including the clothes on his back, and then they beat him, and then they leave him on the side of the road. And it's just striking to me how inhumane and how evil their treatment of this man was. I mean, they could have just stolen everything from him and, and left, and yet they chose To also beat him and and leave him dying on the side of the road it's a very grim picture that Jesus paints here
1: it is and though the robbers the thieves are the ones that commit the abuse the offense to the man Mm -hmm. uh, what's uh, also tragic in the text is that others enable that abuse Mm -hmm. to stand choose not to step in and engage in that moment. Jesus mentions a priest and a Levite, and I don't think it's by accident he chooses these characters for the parable he's telling, because uh, they they are uh, much like the expert in the law. They are prominent characters in society. They're people that would be assumed to be doing the good, to be caring for the needs and the hurt of the world around them. And yet Jesus chooses these characters to say, and yet they walked on by, In fact, he says that they passed on the other side of the road, and I thought that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. phrasing. Um, have you ever noticed how sometimes when a, a problem seems too large, we try to blind ourselves from it, try not to see it, try not to allow our heart to be drawn into that moment and that circumstance? And we don't know exactly why they didn't engage in this moment. Um, I know for myself, when I struggle to engage in the hurt or the need or the situation in a moment, there's many different reasons that it could be. I mean, it might be too busy, might not feel like I have too many things on my plate to engage in that moment. Uh, maybe they didn't want to be pulled into the drama or the risk of that situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe they felt inadequate to deal with the vastness of this man's needs. I don't know exactly what their concerns were, but for some reason, those that would be expected to be most concerned about the hurt and the needs mm-hmm. of others in this story chose not to engage
0: and then the next character is the Samaritan man who is also traveling down this road and then it it's it's a stark contrast how he treats the man when he comes upon him um, as opposed to what the robbers did or what the the priest or the Levite how they treated this man as he sees this man lying on the side of the road dying he has compassion he has mercy and he stops and he gets off um, the the animal he was riding and he takes care of this man on the side of the road. He bandages up his wounds. He cares for him. He then takes the man and he puts him on his donkey because he couldn't even walk. He takes the man and he leads his animal to the next um, available inn where he could find some medical attention, where he had a place to stay. And he stayed there with that man taking care of him that night. And he paid for all the expenses. And um, it's hard, you know, when we hear about money from a long time ago, like how much is that? It It was, he paid the equivalent of two days wages just to take care of this man. And then he says to the inn, keeper he says take care of him i'll be back and and do whatever he needs and i'll pay you for if it goes beyond this if it's more than this and so we really see how the samaritan he had compassion and whatever he was doing that day he let that he dropped that he reprioritized his day he reprioritized his life around taking care of that man who needed him desperately in that moment. And I love that about the Samaritan. He didn't view it as an interruption. He viewed it as an opportunity for compassion and love.
1: And So Jesus turned his question Mm -hmm. back again to the expert in the law and he said, So who was the neighbor in the story? And I I think it is interesting that um, the expert in the law doesn't say the Samaritan man. He chooses Mm -hmm. not even to use the term Samaritan in in his answer, but instead he says the one who had mercy on him, who in fact was the foreigner, the outcast. Mm -hmm. The Samaritan man was... Uh, the neighbor in the text. Now, for most Jewish people, they would determine uh, or they would identify as their neighbor, the other Jewish people, the people mm-hmm. that live near them, that they have some affinity towards, some relationship with. But Jesus' question actually goes even a little bit farther than who is your neighbor. In fact, he asks the question, who acted neighborly? Who chose to engage in a neighborly way? Not just who do you feel like is your neighbor, but in what ways are you acting neighborly towards other? And in this case, it was a Samaritan, a foreigner, an outcast who was acting neighborly in this moment.
0: So Jesus is really challenging the expert in the law's position on Samaritan people. He's in in more more broad terms on people who have been marginalized. So the context here, the historical context really matters. There was a great deal of religious and racial tension and hostility between the Jews and the Samaritan. In fact, um, we see in John 4 that when the Jews were were upset and angry with Jesus, um, they called him a Samaritan. It, it was insulting to a Jew, to be called a Samaritan. And yet Jesus is challenging this position in in this parable. He's redefining what um, neighborliness is. He's, He's redefining what makes someone a neighbor, what makes someone a good neighbor or a loving neighbor. And it has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with looking the same or believing the same or acting the same here jesus defines in the story the neighbor is the one who has mercy the neighbor is the one who has compassion the neighbor is the one who shows love yeah
1: you know i've been asking myself a question all week long as i've uh, been mulling over this text um why did Jesus choose for the hero, the, the hero in the story, to be the foreigner, the mm-hmm. outcast of Israelite society? Because Jesus could have just as easily told this story about an upstanding Israelite person that cared for a Samaritan. I mean, in, in many ways, that would tell the very same story. Um, and yet, Jesus tells it as the one that they perceived as mm-hmm. the outsider. He mm-hmm. would be the hero of the text. And I believe that's the way the gospel, according to Jesus, works. You see, Jesus uh, taught in in other um, places and times. He said, the first will be last. He said, blessed are the meek and blessed are the humble. He said, if you wanna be first in my kingdom, you'll be the servant of everyone, right? He turns these things around backwards and says, rethink the way you view the world and people around you in Galatians, Paul is describing um, the ministry of Jesus, and he says, in, "...in Jesus there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female." for you are all one in Christ Jesus." And talk about pertinent subjects, yeah, talk about Mm -hmm. pertinent subjects, both in the first century and today. How many hot-button issues does that that passage in Galatians 3 talk about? It it speaks to race, it speaks to socioeconomic position, it speaks to gender, and it says in there, Mm there is equality found Mm. in Jesus, that the inherent value in a person is not in their status or their fame, but it is the image of God Mm. that has been placed inside of them. And further, this image, as Jesus tells this parable, is going to be demonstrated and and passed on to others by the compassion, by the mercy Mm. that we show.
0: Mm. So Jesus um, has confronted the expert in the law and the expert in the law after hearing this story has to recognize that it's the Samaritan that is the good neighbor and so Jesus at the end says you have answered correctly go and do likewise go and do likewise those are his words to the expert in the law he's saying be like the Samaritan yes be like the one who had mercy and showed compassion, the one who lives out mm-hmm. this love. Be like that. You know, sometimes we, we fall into the trap of thinking that faith is all about knowing all the right things or all about having all the right answers, you know, knowing exactly what to say and, and when, when to say it. But faith is about living out our beliefs mm-hmm. and in Jesus sums up the law of God by saying love God with everything you've got and love your neighbor because mm-hmm. when we love God that is translated in our lives by the way we love the people around mm-hmm. us and he redefines who's our neighbor he's like everyone mm-hmm. around you everyone you can influence or touch These are your neighbors. It says, Mm -hmm. love your neighbor.
1: So what does it look like to love our neighbor in the ways that Jesus described in this parallel today? Um, I've got three ideas uh, that I want to pitch your way as as we begin to close out today. Um, First, uh, Jesus confronted this uh, teacher's um, worldview right? And so I think the first challenge that, I, that the text lays out for us today is to recognize and confront our own biases, uh, to lean into this Galatians 3 concept, that there's no uh, Jew or Gentile, male or female, slave or free, that there's equality found in Jesus. So to acknowledge and confront our own bias in life. And secondly, uh, I think the text challenges us to practice love, not just in theory, not just in a conceptual mm-hmm. way, but to practice love in action, to act generously and loving towards mm-hmm. people. And third, I see in this text, um, a challenge to demonstrate and to accept the generosity mm-hmm. Of others the compassion the mercy of other people Uh, and that means the demonstrating is kind of self-explanatory like we need to demonstrate generosity towards people uh, but the accepting Mm -hmm. of other people's generosity takes us out of the position of the Savior takes Mm -hmm. us out of the position of feeling good about what we did for something else Mm -hmm. and instead creates reciprocal relationships with people mutuality Mm -hmm. amongst people
0: that's beautiful. Thank you. You know, I'm I've read this story so many times. <laughs> Maybe you have too, but it's amazing to me how the Spirit of God has something new for mm-hmm. us each time we read it.
1: And something so relevant yes. in our current circumstances. Yeah.
0: Yes. So as we close out today, let's uh, let's go ahead and say a prayer together invite you to join me. Dear God, we thank you that you are the God of love. Lord, we thank you for um, this parable specifically and, and how it teaches us to love you and love our neighbors and how it teaches us that our neighbors are is every everyone around us, Lord, and, and how it just changes our focus um, to, to really ask ourselves, are we being neighborly are we the loving neighbor and god i just pray through your spirit that you would help us and teach us how to love others around us lord teach us to love like you love teach us to see people like you see people and lord we thank you for this challenge in jesus name amen
1: amen so Jamie's going to post for you right now a song. It's by Matthew West. It's called Do Something. And it's a song from 2014, I believe he put it out. Um, you can love or not love the style of it as you listen to it. That's up to you. It's upbeat. I like that about it. Um Uh, But it's got a beautiful challenge for us. Uh, Mm -hmm. Back in 2014, he writes these words, I woke up this morning and I just thought, how could we get this far? How could things be Mm -hmm. so rough around us? And I asked God, why don't you do something? And uh, the answer that he comes to is quite remarkable. I hope you enjoy the song as you continue to reflect on our invitation to live lives of mercy and compassion.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. We love you and we'll see you next week.
1: Bye, everyone.